Percy, I was thinking to myself, isn't it true when we plan to take a major trip or head to a particular destination, we don't just up and go usually. We properly prepare ourselves for that occasion with intentionality. Shouldn't the same be true for living when the prospect of death is at hand? You know, Wayne, you're absolutely right. You know, I know for me, I make sure that I have enough clothing, toiletries, you know, proper identification, money, etc. Mm-hmm. You know, hmm. I'm thinking this is probably leading us to a focal point for today's conversation. (laughs) You think? Well, you betcha. Coming up next, we're going to hear from a pastor who made that intentional determination after his cancer diagnosis and decided he was living and not dying while declaring he was going to ride life until the wheels fell off. The following program is produced and sponsored by Cancer Treatment Centers of America. The information discussed during this program is not medical advice. Be sure to talk to your medical doctor for information and advice relating to your health. It's a joy to have you with us and join us now for Health, Hope, and Inspiration. I'm Wayne Shepherd. Pastor Percy McRae is our host. He's Director of Faith-Based Programs at Cancer Treatment Centers of America. We call him Pastor P around here, affectionately, and Pastor P, it's good to see you again. It's good to be seen, my friend. Bless you, and uh, hey, it's good to be alive on planet Earth. Yeah, and that's exactly the message our guest is going to share with us today, isn't it? Yeah, we're going to hear from a pastor today who's going to really help us to understand how he says he's living his best life and how he has made a determination despite being a cancer patient. He and his wife got together and they made the determination that they were living their very best life and they were moving forward in all that they needed to do. Again, he's going to ride life until the wheels fall off. <laughs> what, a, what a great yeah. testimony. <laughs> you got to love that. You got to love that. And it definitely expresses an attitude and a disposition that I think we all can be encouraged. Well, by. you'll meet this man in just a moment here on Health, Hope and Inspiration. We have a question we'd like to ask of you to answer. How has the decision of intentionality ever helped you get through a challenge or crisis? Intentionality is a key word here today. How has the decision of intentionality ever helped you get through a challenge or a crisis? If you'd like to answer, we'd appreciate it very much. It gives us something to think about. It gives us uh, program topics for the future, perhaps. So answer the question at healthhopeandinspiration.com. Now, we ask these questions each week, and each week we hear back from many listeners, Percy. And so from Deerfield Beach, Florida, which is not too far from where I'm located, a question was asked and responded to, how have you used your voice to help others and what was the outcome? How have you used your voice to help others and what was the outcome? And the response was, I simply decided to share my overall story with anyone who would listen. I actually had men pull me aside and ask me very personal questions after hearing about my cancer experience. And as a result, began doing certain annual examinations because of that conversation. Hmm. So that is great information. Yeah, it is. is. Thank you for answering our question of the week at healthhopeandinspiration.com. Well, I'm always uh, intrigued by the scripture you use to open our programs. What have you chosen this time? And so our spiritual nugget is found in Psalm 118 verses 16 and 17, and it is going to be applicable for today's discussion. And it reads as follows. The Lord's right hand is lifted high. The Lord's right hand has done mighty things. Verse 17 is our operative word. I will not die, but live and and will proclaim what the Lord has done. And we're going to hear from a pastor today who made that exact declaration 
as he was preparing to live and not die. His name is Stanley Jones III, and we'll meet him in a moment. If you or someone you love is fighting cancer, consider Cancer Treatment Centers of America, a comprehensive cancer care network. They treat the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. Visit our website at healthhopeandinspiration.com and click on Sponsor to learn more about Cancer Treatment Centers of America or contact a member of their team with questions you may have about your treatment options by calling this number, 866-712-HOPE, 866-712-HOPE. Cancer Treatment Centers of America uses a patient-centered approach and a wide range of technologies and techniques to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com. Without further delay, let's meet our guest today. Here's our host, Percy McRae. Well, hey, 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 I am excited again to be back with you with another episode of Health, Hope, and Inspiration and with another story of one who has been there, done that, and got the T-shirt to prove it. Uh, We're talking today with Pastor Stanley Jones III. Uh, He is uh, the head shepherd at Vision Church International Ministries located in Cortland, Virginia. For those of you that are in that uh, area, vicinity, if you're looking for a good church, uh, please look up Vision Church International Ministries, Cortland, Virginia, uh, where the one and only Pastor Stanley Jones III is the shepherd there. Uh, Welcome to the show, Pastor. How you doing, my friend? Thank you, sir. Good to be here. I'm doing well. All doing right. well. It's good to have you. It's good to have you. Uh, as part of your introduction, uh, some other additional information I'd like to share with the audience is the fact that you were diagnosed in 2019. You're no longer actively uh, treating, uh, but you uh, were a prostate cancer patient. Again, diagnosed 2019. Uh, treated at Cancer Treatment Centers of America, Atlanta. And today we want to hear a little bit about your story of uh, your walk uh, through that. Um, Prostate cancer is a a rather common uh, cancer, obviously, among men. And so, uh, you know, let's talk a little bit about the day, first and foremost, when you were diagnosed with prostate cancer. Where were you and how did you feel when you first heard those words? So I it was I was diagnosed in February of 2019. Mm. Um, I went for a regular checkup. Okay. Just thought I was going to check in and check out. Yeah, but and yay for doctor, checkups though. Yay for checkups. Right. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, I have a sister that's a, a, a doctor, and so she's very hard on us. Seven boys and two girls. Mm. You guys, got to get your checkup. Get your checkup. So I went for my annual, and um, the doctor came out with three different diagnoses mm. and the last one was prostate cancer. Okay. And so um, I was in at, at a hospital in Richmond and actually I, I don't think it really set in what she told me. Okay. Um, so after I left, I got them. I always would call my wife, mm. you know, after I leave the doctor's office and I said, well, they told me this, they told me that. Mm. And, and Oh, and I, and she said, I have prostate cancer. Okay. And so my wife said, how do you feel? And I said, I'm okay. You know, and honestly, that day, I guess I was numb or I just did. It didn't scare me. Mm. I think the way my doctor approached it helped a whole lot. Okay. Um, and, and if I could share, she just said, if there's any type of cancer to have, this is the one to have. And I said, how about I don't have any at all? Right, it, right, you right. Know, but just the way she introduced me to it, it settled me a whole lot. Okay. And um, that journey started then, and I wind, I ended up having um, surgery way in November, which was not 
the best thing on my wife's side of things. Got it. You know, she said, why are we putting it off? Well, because of the nature of my job. I was thinking about the church. I kept putting it off until I thought was the best time for me to get it done. Okay. Okay. And there was a lot that you said there, Pastor. And I, you know, I've been doing this a long time, you know, 20, as a matter of fact, uh, at the time that this will be aired, you know, I will have celebrated my 25th year in the cancer care ministry space. And, uh, Prostate cancer, I've had many conversations with many men, many pastors uh, who have had to walk through that journey and that path. And uh, one of the things that I can certainly say with regard to your doc's approach, uh, statistically speaking from a recovery perspective, uh, prostate cancer is one of the more uh, highly treatable and survivable cancers, particularly if it's caught early at the end of the day. So uh, she she was really right on point there. And so... Um, so you're told that you have prostate cancer, you know, you're pastoring the church, like you said, you're, you know, and you are a, you know, a, you're a young, robust, you know, man, you know, you're thinking about your wife, you're thinking about a lot of different things, and as you should. Um, you know, first of all, thank God that you went and got a annual examination, which is yes. not something that most men do or even discuss, and at the end of the day, uh, Early exams can save our lives. I speak yes. uh, strongly about that. Uh, I had a colonoscopy, which is how I found out I had colon cancer. And again, had I waited another six, seven months, uh, my doc told me I may have a very different story going forward. So again, please, please, please uh, see your doc. Uh, do your annual exams. Don't run from that. Don't ignore that. Uh, don't just say, I'm going to use my faith and just pray it away. You know, go get some clinical uh, care and, and and make sure you get someone to take a look at you. So I'm glad that you did that. Uh, you, you went through your tr- treatment. You had surgery. Um, how how was that process, Pastor? Because obviously prostate cancer, you know, let's be honest about it. It, it really uh, cuts to to the very essence of who we are from our manhood perspective. And this is where... Mm-hmm. This this particular cancer becomes such a silent discussion because men will not talk about it. They will not think about it. They will not consider it. And at the end of the day, uh, it is something that we've got to embrace. How did you manage through the psychological and the emotional dynamics of dealing with prostate cancer? I think one of the main things was my wife and I talked about everything in detail. Okay. When it first started out, you know, I was like, the last thing I'm doing is going to get surgery. Yeah. I'm not going to have surgery. I'm not going to do, I don't want, because I had had a shoulder replacement in 09. So I was like, I don't want to go through surgery again. Mm. You know, that whole uh, uh, conversation. And then after talking to the doctors at, at CTCA, you know, just talking to different doctors about different treatment um, um, options we had. Right. Um, we went back home, we came back home and we, talked about it. We did our research. We did a lot of praying. Mm. And and the main thing was just conversation. Yeah. And and we agreed that, you know, we've lived a good life. We're in it for the long haul. Yeah. Our children are grown. Our youngest is 23. Okay. So, you know, we just thought, and, and my wife, she really, she really made me feel like it was okay. Thank God. You know, she said, well, I'm here. I'm not, she said, I'm not going anywhere. You're not leaving me. So mm. I don't know what you're doing. Yeah. You know, yeah. and so that made me think that, you know what, this is okay. And I really believe if I can share this, that God put her there for me when I needed her and I was there for her, you know, because she never, she told me, she said, you're taking this like a champ, mm. you know, and I said, 
what am I going to do? This is, this is, this is, this is a journey that I have to go through to be able to help someone else. I had my days where I was a little, you know, but you know, that, that, that faith, that, that, that something that was sent up years ago, maybe, yeah, you know, gave me something to stand on that. This is, if I could use this, I would say this sickness isn't unto death. Yes. Hallelujah. (laughs) Hallelujah. Yeah. And I meant, you know, and I meant that. And even saying it now, I feel that strongly. I believe we we uh, we taught a sermon, a, a session a few years ago, and it lasts for eight weeks at our church. Watch your mouth. Mm. And so I really believe what comes out of your mouth is what you become. Yeah. You know, and so we would not get around negative people. OK. You know, I had a good army buddy of mine that had the same surgery I had. And when I went to visit him the week before my surgery, mm. We would not let anything negative be said. And though they were explaining their journey, yeah. I understood that our journey was so much different than theirs. Well, there's two things there that I'll highlight quickly. Number one, uh, I'm reminded uh, when the Lord said, when a man finds a wife, he finds a good thing. And he's favored of the Lord. And so we thank God for this good thing that was there yeah. for <laughs> you and with you. Because uh, there, there's just no replacement of a godly woman and a godly wife. Uh, to minister to our needs mentally, emotionally, mm-hmm. et cetera. So thank God for her. Number two is uh, the fact of surrounding yourself uh, with an environment and an atmosphere. You know, uh, the Bible says that God said he'll be a wall of fire all around us so that he can be the glory in the midst of us. And you surrounded yourself if you will, with the with the with the glory of of the presence of God and in, in, in speaking positive words, affirmations of the of the Holy Scriptures that allowed you to be fortified to work through this process. And so uh, I'm grateful to hear that. Let's shift gears, Pastor, and talk a little bit about uh, you. Re- do you remember the day that you had to share that information or did you share that information with your congregation? And was that difficult to do? I, I remember it was. It was probably scary, if I can use that word. Sure. And the reason being, I had had a couple of members um, at the church who had lost close loved ones mm-hmm. due to cancer. Mm-hmm. Three, actually, mm-hmm. um, right before I was diagnosed. So I was holding back. But that day, um, I shared it with them. And um, the looks on their faces, it was like somebody hit me in the chest yeah. because there and a lot of them are older, mm-hmm. but what they thought was pastors preparing to die yeah. or pastors preparing to live. And I would come, I came to church, I was clean that Sunday on purpose. Yeah. Um, and I told them, I said, I'm not preparing to die, I'm preparing to live. Praise God. So I said, We'll get through this, we'll get through this together. I'll be as candid with you all as I can, and God's gonna see us through. Amen. Amen. And I've, I've, I've interviewed uh, several pastors who have had to work through, you know, making the decision to communicate a cancer diagnosis with their congregation. And what I have learned and appreciated that the, the congregation, though initially may be shocked and taken aback, actually appreciate and are better served when the pastor basically clues them in and brings them into, and there's a time and a way to do that, obviously, but, uh, but I've known of pastors who tried to keep that a secret and that really Mm -hmm. went very badly and, and church members struggled with that. So thank you pastor for uh, utilizing the wisdom of God and understanding when and how to kind of engage your congregation uh, around uh, your cancer journey, which actually leads me to, uh, a transition of you also as a pastor 
attended a program that I know a little bit about called Our Journey of Hope, which is a cancer care leadership training program. And it's uh, something that I uh, I designed several years ago, and then several of my colleagues came along after. And, uh, you know, which basically is a free training for churches and, and ministers and leaders on how to start cancer care ministries, free free cancer care training with resources and a training manual uh, and the ability to go back and start a cancer care ministry. Because one of the things that I'm acutely aware of is that the local church, for a lot of different reasons, simply are not equipped and prepared to have a conversation about cancer from a support perspective or from a treatment perspective. And I thought and believed as the Lord led me that that was just a deficit that we needed to do something about that and fill in that vacuum. Let's talk about your attendance at the Our Journey of Hope Cancer Care Leadership Training. Number one, first and foremost, why did you attend that training? You're a pastor. You're anointed. You're called by God. You know, you get everything directly from heaven. You don't need any additional training about anything, do you, Pastor? Really? I absolutely do. <laughs> I'm always I'm always a student, um, not only of the word, but I believe that God places people in our lives that have the information and the education that we need. Mm. You know, um, my people perish because of a lack of knowledge. Mm. Doesn't mean that knowledge wasn't available. Yeah, we didn't take advantage of it. Yeah. You know, or we 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 looked at it like I, I already know I have it all. I'll I'll pray it away. You know, sometimes our answers come with sitting and and listening to someone that has the knowledge, the skill. When I went to the training, it was it was like being in a church service almost. Wow. Not that we were singing and worshiping, but everybody had something positive to say. Yep. And I thought we need to get this out to the masses. Because one thing we don't do, Pastor Perry, we don't talk about, Percy, we don't talk about things that might might make us feel like we're less than who we are. Yeah, and that makes us look vulnerable. Absolutely. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And so it was, I just thought, you know, I need to be able to do what I can to pass this on to someone else. Okay. Okay. You know, and as a pastor, I want to take the lead. Hey, I wind up taking my wife and another young lady with us from our church. Okay. You know, I said, we're going to start this. We're going to start this ministry and we're going to go together. So what were some of the things that you learned at the training, Pastor? There may be somebody that's listening right now that's a pastor of a congregation or a member of a church that may may hear something that would be like, man, I need to go tell my pastor about this. Or a pastor, you know, I've learned doctors typically hang out with doctors. That's who they go golfing right. with. That's who they, you know, that's who they listen to at the end of the day. Talk to a pastor or someone that's a member of a local congregation on some of the things that you learned that you did not know when you attended this training, this free training. Just how, and I'm glad you said that, the last two words, free training. The, one of the first things that attracted me was it was free, yeah, you know? And so I thought, you mean to tell me if I get to Atlanta, you're going to train me, you're going to feed me. Yep. All I have to do is get there and house myself. Yep. What, what, so how can I turn that away? Number, if we want to go there, number one, because a lot of times when, when we, something like this comes up, one of the first questions we'll ask, how much is it going to cost? Yep. So when pastor chip said, it's not going to cost you anything. I thought, how can I not go? Mm. You know, and so I learned just how sophisticated cancer really was. Yeah, I mean, they really got into the depth of cancer and how it can spread and different things. And 
so many do's and don'ts. I mean, I just thought this information and my wife and I kept looking at each other saying, I didn't know that, Mm -hmm. you know, well, we didn't know that. And it became a conversation piece. I had already had my, my um, surgery by this point, but I just thought it's no way I cannot go and get educated so I can help somebody else out, especially to learn, you know, what not to say, you know, um, Sir, people have said to me, I didn't know you were sick. And mm. I said, I'm not sick. I wasn't sick. <laughs> you know, I wasn't sick because they were wondering. They said, I didn't know that you had cancer until you had your one year celebration. Right. And they said, I didn't know you were sick. Yeah. You know, and I, and I said, that's why I didn't tell a lot of people sure. because I didn't want people to treat me like I was sick. Yeah. 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 So that that training taught us sometimes not only what to say as a pastor, but what not to say. Absolutely. Absolutely. Sometimes people just want you there. I learned that from you in, in one of your videos, the guy that was talking about fishing or hunting. And you said, I don't know anything about fishing or hunting, but he just wanted me there yeah. to listen to him. Yeah. And so sometimes we miss that. We want as pastors, we want to be quick to save the world or grow the church. But people just need us to be there. Yeah. They need us to get on the ground where they are yep. and just yep. be a listening ear. Praise God. Wow, I, I, I so appreciate that, Pastor, because that's exactly, you know, all of these years what I've learned. Mm-hmm. And it became clearer, and particularly over the years now, that we've had some very high-profile uh, ministers and pastors and pastors' wives. Uh, I'm thinking of Dr. Tony Evans as a perfect example almost two years ago now. His wife, you know, uh, contracted cancer, and they went very public. They talked about it openly. Uh, but the point to be made is that This is not far from any one of us and certainly not far from the local church. And we need to be equipped and prepared from a ministry perspective uh, on what will we do or say or to your point or what not to say when those individuals come before us. Why would you recommend this program to a pastor or a church besides it being free? And now, of course, being COVID, uh, we're not doing any in-house trainings. Everything is being done via Zoom virtually. But even more reason to attend. You don't even have to get on a plane to go anywhere. You just get on your computer now. Why why should pastors uh, attempt to do this and and start a cancer care ministry? I, I would think to do this or at least to support this, you need this every local church needs this ministry Mm. that's my that's my honest heart's feeling one because i asked my congregation i said raise your hand if you in here have been affected in somewhere another by cancer and everybody to include a seven-year-old girl raised their hands yeah so i'm saying so we're gonna we've needed this in the past we're gonna need it right now and we're gonna need it again in the future so we have to min- and if we want to do ministry, this is ministry. Yeah, yeah. You know, we say, Lord, go to the hospital. Mm. And he's telling us to go, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. or not only fix a meal because we're, we're, we're going to do that. Yeah. But what about when that grass needs to be cut? Yeah. What about to pick Johnny up from baseball practice? Mm. And so as, as a pastor, when we take the lead and support something, you're going to find that members are going to come along because they're looking at us to lead. Yeah. 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 Wow, Pastor, I, I, I'm, I'm thrilled and I'm blessed and I'm grateful and I'm humbled at the end of the day. 
uh, because I remember when I kind of put my little PowerPoint presentation together back in the day and and I was just randomly calling churches and knocking on doors and like, listen, I've got some information I'd like to present to you. And and I wasn't always received with the with the with the best welcome because there was still this stigma and or this arrogance around the idea that, you know, we've got this all under control. And the numbers and the statistics tells us differently. And so I thank God for you. And now over 2,000 churches worldwide that has now availed themselves to the Our Journey of Hope curriculum, uh, Africa, Europe, South America, Indonesia, uh, uh, South, uh, 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 the Caribbean, uh, that basically are, are, are taking advantage of this free program Having said yeah. all of that, Pastor, our time is just flown by. Let me ask this question. You're doing well. You sound great. Uh, you've, you've walked the walk. You know, you're, you're, you're talking the talk. You know, you've got the T-shirt to say, hey, been there and done that. At the end of the day of the duties and the responsibilities of the local church and the duties and responsibilities of being a good husband and a good human being and still walking and fighting the good fight of faith with your own personal health, what is it that keeps you hopeful at the end of the day, Pastor? What drives your hope? Life. Wow. I thought about that question. I thought, how how could I answer, you know, what gives me hope? I thought my wife, I thought my children, my grandson. Yeah. I kept thinking about things, you know, and I thought it's life. I mean, I always tell people I'm going to ride it till the wheels fall <laughs> off. And when the wheels fall off, Pastor, I'm going to, we used to ride in the country, the rims, when we didn't get the time, the inner tube to put in time, yeah. we could ride the rim on a bicycle, yeah. Yeah. you know, and it's like, I have so much to live for, Hallelujah. you know, I'm, I'm 56 years young, I've done some things, you know, in the past that I'm proud of, yep. I've done some things that I'm not so proud of, yeah. and I thought this, this is, this is going to make me who I'm supposed to be. Mm. I have. And so I look at that, that drives me. I'm planning on having seminars uh, and talk to men about things to expect, you know, um, things not to expect. Hey, you don't have anything to be ashamed of. That's right. This is what it is. And so you owe it to yourself. You owe it to your family. You owe it to the community. You owe it to your wife, your children, whomever to just live life. And this is not a part of, you know, death, this is a part of life, you know? And so I'm in it for the long haul. So all of the good that you could think about encompasses what gives me hope. It's just life. And I'm, I'm living it after <laughs> I'm loving it. <laughs> you in it to win it and you living your best life fast is what I'm yes, hearing. Sir. Yes, sir. I am living my best life. I wanted to say this right quick. So Please. I, I actually, I went to the training in person. Okay. Um, it was a while before we did anything with it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I pastor. I'm a director at Parks and Recreation. Okay. I teach martial arts. Okay. I'm, I'm a husband and the yard maintenance man and all those. Yeah, so you're a busy a guy. You're a busy guy. Right. So then when the opportunity came up to do it on Zoom, I thought, I'm going to take this class again. So I took it again to just refresh my memory. Good. And after that, we had we just graduated our first class. The end of March. Congratulations, yes, sir. Pastor. Well, welcome to the team. Welcome to the, the ever-growing family of our journey of hope. Uh, I tell people every day, this has become, it's been my life's work. Uh, I think we're now 18 years from the very onset of starting this ministry. 
And I could not expect or think that it would grow to be what it is today and impact as many lives that it does. And so I am grateful. I am honored. And I call it a privilege to call you friend and brother and co-laborer. And so thank you uh, and your local church. Thank you to your darling wife. Uh, Today, you have heard from Pastor Stanley Jones III. He is the, uh, the head shepherd at Vision Church International Ministries in Cortland, Virginia. Uh, Look him up. Look his congregation up. He has a wonderful spirit. And if you're looking for a good local church, uh, you might want to give him a visit and see what the Lord will say to you after you sit and kind of get underneath his anointing. Today, I thank you, my friend, for taking time out of your very busy schedule. And we continue to pronounce nothing but good things over you. You are the head and not the tail. You are the lender and not the borrower and nothing but good things are still yet to come your way as you continue to declare that God and Jesus is Lord. Thank you, my friend. Yes, sir. Thank you so much. Have a great one. Be blessed. These men have given us a great example of how to live life uh, with intentionality. Stanley Jones III, along with Percy McRae here today. You guys, you seem to fit together well, Percy. (laughs) You know, it's interesting. Pastor Jones, uh, I had not met him personally prior to this. Uh, But he, um, as a graduate of the Our Journey of Hope Cancer Care Leadership Training Program, uh, we have videos that accompany all of the lessons, and and I'm on several of those videos. And so he said, I feel like I know you. I watch the videos all of the time. (laughs) And so we just struck up a kinship and and a relationship that was powerful. And he's he's just a wonderful man of God and a wonderful human being. Yeah, well, I was going to mention Our Journey of Hope, but let's just use the conversation you just had with him because he's a, a participant in this program. For those who don't know what Our Journey of Hope is, let's explain this to him. Our Journey of Hope is a free cancer care ministry training program uh, that is made available to all faith-based community local churches uh, that basically will provide them with the resources to go back to their local church and start a cancer care ministry. It's two half days of training, and again, the operative word here is free. There is nothing uh, that will be paid for or, or requires payment of any sort. Uh, We do all of our trainings virtually online via Zoom. Uh, We have several trainings that are scheduled throughout the year where you can receive uh, this information. We have all of the resources that are made available online as well that you can download and that then you can make copies of and begin to start your cancer care, your very own cancer care ministry inside of your local church, ourjourneyofhope.com is our website and then you can find our registration page and our calendar to sign up today uh, to begin uh, receiving training at the next scheduled event that will bless you and your congregation. Well, now that it's totally online, it makes it accessible to a lot more people, which is pretty exciting. I'm told that according to the American Cancer Society, nearly one out of three people in the United States will receive a cancer diagnosis during their lifetime. So this matter of caring for people living with cancer is present in every church today, but some churches aren't doing anything. Well, I think that there's still somewhat of an apprehension around addressing the subject of cancer. What I can certainly say is that we have more churches today that that are participating in at least the dialogue of cancer and certainly cancer care ministry. Uh, We have well over 2,000 churches that have actually gone through our training program and have throughout the world and basically started a cancer care ministry. So we encourage you, if you haven't done so today, pastor, spiritual leader, this is a great opportunity 
uh, to take advantage of this free resource and utilize it and begin to bless your people at large. Yeah. So how do they find out more about this? How do I get involved with the Our Journey of Hope program? First and foremost, go to the website, ourjourneyofhope.com. Uh, all one word, ourjourneyofhope.com, and that'll take you to our website, and we have a plethora of testimonies, et cetera, et cetera, that you can access immediately. You can register online. You can see our calendar uh, to look for uh, the next scheduled event of training and basically begin right there. That is uh, ground zero for all things, our journey of hope, ourjourneyofhope.com. Yeah, there's nothing else like this that I'm aware of, and I don't think there is anything like this that... uh helps people understand the importance of caring for people in church uh, and what church isn't touched in some way by cancer. So thank you for, I know you've given birth to this program and you're kind of the father of our journey of hope, Percy. So thank you for what uh, God's done through you here. Well, you read the statistic earlier that I think really kind of cements the concept here that, you know, according to the American Cancer Society, approximately one out of three people at some point in their lifetime may be impacted by cancer. Well, if we take the same statistic and just apply it internally to the average church congregation, think about how many people potentially are sitting inside of a local church either dealing with cancer yeah. or at some point will deal with cancer. The question is, as a local church, uh, what are we equipped to do to respond to them favorably from a ministerial perspective beyond just praying and offering a casserole? Hmm. The Our Journey of Hope Cancer Care Leadership Training Program addresses and fills in that gap to provide those type of resources to the local faith community to react and respond in a way that will bless and make a difference potentially in the lives of a cancer patient as well as their caregivers. It's fabulous. It's just yes, fabulous. Ourjourneyofhope.com. All right. Well, our time is gone, but let's bookend this program by going back to the Psalms. So we close as we began. Psalm 118, 16 and 17 says this, the Lord's right hand is lifted high. The Lord's right hand has done mighty things. I will not die, but live and will proclaim what the Lord has done. That was exactly what Pastor Stanley suggested and said that as he began to think about his situation, he said, I was preparing to live, not to die. Today, I want to encourage each and every one of you. Today is the land of the living. Let's prepare to live in it and live life to its fullest. Unless you drive the car until the wheels fall off. Why don't you? Yeah, right. Next time, you got work to do. <laughs> Keep chopping the wood. Amen. Percy, thank you very much. Thank you, and thank you for listening to Health, Hope, and Inspiration. Health, Hope, and Inspiration is produced and sponsored by Cancer Treatment Centers of America. If you or someone you love is fighting cancer, consider Cancer Treatment Centers of America. We treat the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. Our hospitals in Atlanta, Chicago, and Phoenix take an integrative approach to cancer care. We use conventional medical treatments to attack the disease while helping patients manage side effects and maintain their quality of life by using evidence-informed therapies like nutrition and naturopathic support, along with pastoral care, pain management, and other supportive care services. Treatments are tailored to each patient's specific needs. Visit healthhopeandinspiration.com to view our cancer-related resources or to contact our oncology information specialists about questions you may have about your treatment options. Working together under one roof, 
Our cancer experts use state-of-the-art technologies to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. Learn more at helphopeandinspiration.com.